This is Jane Hardwick-Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. So welcome to the podcast series. I am Ayla Myra, your podcast host and story guide. Welcome to episode 16 and we dive in with Mara Dower and looking at how her own birth experiences opened her up to the new sacred dimensions and of woman crafting and she is, Mara is, a current final year apprentice and after she did her four seasons journey she went straight into apprenticeship hood And so over the years, she's developed midwifing and transformation. So we really get into the word midwife here and have a great discussion around what it means in terms of our own growth and transformation. And when we hear the word midwife, what do we, what do we feel? What comes up for us? So enjoy a beautiful weaving episode. And remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and all good podcast players. Hi, Mara. Welcome, welcome so much to the Womancraft podcast. Uh, really grateful for you to be here as we edge off onto this full moon. So feeling a bit of that energy with us and we'll see what comes up with the show, but so much gratitude for you to be here with us. Thank you so much. It's such an honour to be here and, <laughs> yeah, to, for the invitation as well. It, it took a while for us to get there, but here we are. So, it did, yes. Yeah, it's amazing to be here. I kind of feel there's been a lot of them that have taken a bit of time to get here and I just feel like they just needed to align at the right time and I feel like this one too, you know, this is this is here and where it's at and it's it's the timing is divine and it's right and it's it's great. Yeah, and it's interesting with the full moon, full illumination. So here I am. Totally, here we are and... Here is you as what I'm feeling um, as a very seasoned woman crafter. So you're three years into your apprenticeship and you did your four seasons in your four seasons journey with the school in 2015. So you kind of locked into it straight after, which is amazing. Um, So I'd love to sort of flow with that and maybe if you can take yourself back to the 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 core of when you started with the school of shamanic womancraft and what was coming up for you at that time to enter into the four seasons yeah that's a really i've, I've been listening to your other podcasts and that is the segue or the question where you start off with the people you're interviewing and i'm just trying to recall i met jane if I, if okay if i go backwards I um, I started in 2008, I fell pregnant, so I'll just go back as far as that. Mm. And I started off in the hospital system and long story short, the hospital system didn't really work out for me and I cracked it, I cracked, yeah, I just basically cracked it and um, I decided to leave the hospital system and at 30 or 32 weeks I decided to have a home birth. And I went down that pathway of home birthing and found um, a beautiful midwife, Claire Lane, and Joy Johnson, as well as my secondary midwife. And I had such an amazing and profound experience that um, 
yeah, it was a six and a half hour labor and meditated through it and um, yeah, had a really beautiful birth. And that set me up um, to be on this pathway of an empowered mama and um, in conversation with my husband and our midwives and doing a lot of research, we also chose not to vaccinate our children. So we've gone down that holistic path of um, taking full responsibility of the birth and vaccinations and looking after our own health and well-being. So that mm. after that, it was such an empowering process that I um, went on to learn about some internet marketing and I decided to write a book. So I published an ebook, which was a lot of research. I interviewed a lot of um, experts. I interviewed people like um, Ina Mae Gaskin, Francesca Naish, um, uh, Peter Jackson, who does Calm Birth, uh, Sarah Buckley. I um, didn't know Jane at the time, um, but um, yeah, interviewed 10 experts to basically back up my research of, you know, if you do certain things during your pregnancy and have a positive mindset that you could um, have, a, you know, a positive birth experience. So, and I did a lot of research and a lot of interviewing and so on. And I wrote this, um, wrote this ebook. And then got it up online. And so this is around now. My daughter was born in 2009. And sorry, sorry, that's my son who was born in 2009. My daughter was born in 2005. And then I published my book in 2008. And then that was up on the internet for a short while. And then as I was meeting other women who were having children, I came to realize that, you know, you could do all the positive things you could do yoga or swimming and eat well and do various things in your during your pregnancy but you could um still end up having a cesarean or there could be complications um so I kind of felt because I wasn't a midwife or a doula and I even though I had and I had done some research I felt I was a little bit naive in um my thinking because complications could still happen. And so then I pulled down my ebook and um, shut it all down and then fell pregnant again and then had my son. Um, so he was a two and a half hour labor and he was born in 2009 and, um, still, and then still had a home birth, same midwives and still a really beautiful, profound birth experience. And so after um, having his birth, I was still really empowered and still in this bubble of being an empowered mama and had learnt more and had, you know, met other women with their various birth experience experiences. And then I decided to put a magazine together and it was going to be called Making a Difference in Pregnancy and Birth. And then I was also going to do um, one around children. And that's how I came about meeting Jane and one of my first interviews for the magazine was with Jane so I've got a beautiful um, interview with her that's still sitting on my computer and it was a really big task to try and do it on my own I was um, doing some publishing some desktop publishing and graphic design for birth matters at the time and I tried to lure some of the women that were also putting that magazine together to um, to support me with my own magazine production and it was such a epic task I had already interviewed some professionals for the magazine and had the cover and all that sort of thing but to bring it all together it was just it was really challenging and you know I had two children at this stage and one was still a toddler and um, so that I shut that um, idea down as well but I had met Jane at that stage. And then I went to Seven Sisters and there I met Jane in person and then we got discussing about the Four Seasons journey and it just sounded amazing to be amongst women and um, the sound of the processes really uh, and the Vision Quest side of thing really sparked my interest and so that's how I ended up at the Four Seasons journey. That was a long story. Oh, <laughs> oh I just feel you, there's a whole birth story in there. Like every time I go through, oh, I've just finished that pod, 
the birth story. I you know, had a podcast with birth stories and then I hear this. I'm like, oh, I'm so activated <laughs> again. I just want to get into the juiciness of this because there's just so many layers in that already oh, that I'm like, ching, ching, question, question, question. And um, mainly just the, the lead into that, like, you know, um, sort of coming out of that, you know, in quote system and um, being that empowered mama and producing and meeting those people and networking in that way, it's it's almost like, you know, the ebook and the magazine and even though uh, you felt at that time that, you know, you just had shut them down or you went so far but they did open up doors for you and they led you into into these different spaces and it's it's just very interesting to see the alignment and how it all happened and um like you know you shut one thing and then something else opens and Mm. um did you feel at the time when you like the ebook with the first ebook um when you shut that down now that you can look at back at it was it a shutdown of do you feel of like silencing yeah Uh, potentially just that I'm not an expert even though I'm an expert in terms of I'm a mama and I, you know, I've gone through the experience and I put a lot of things in place for my birth, my two births to happen. And um, so I'm an expert from that, from my own personal experience. I felt like I was an expert. And then I, you know, I, I had a lot of backing, but it was kind of like I was, it was leading, you know, I was on one side of the story, you know, so I was obviously finding experts that would back my information, if that makes mm, sense. Sure, um, yeah. So yeah. in terms of, yeah, being an expert of, um, you know, being a midwife or a doula or, you know, something like that, um, or even, you know, someone at Jane's capacity, well, she is a midwife, someone's at Jane's capacity or some of the other mermaids through the shamanic women craft. I just didn't feel like I had that level of expertise and mm. um, or I just didn't um, navigate the story from, um, you know, all, all women's perspectives, you know, because I, I've got some beautiful friends that have done all the right things and then have had placenta previa and had, you know, had some pretty um, full-on um you know, body sim- not body symptoms, but things going on in their body that they've had to have a cesarean. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. This is the message, life. isn't it? Where where it's like the same with the book is like in a birth. You know how um, Jane says, you know, you have the birth that you need to have to learn what you need to know. Absolutely. Um, you know the opportunities there. It's like that book you created it and you had those interviews and then you learned this really beautiful lesson from that. That uh, not, you know, like if you're going to do all those things, you're not necessarily going to get that outcome. Um, it's yeah. not linear, you know, yeah. and that's that's amazing. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I've just recently pulled up my ebook. Um, I've just I've pulled up a lot of my resources that I had written before children. I, I used to do life coaching. And I found the documentation and the manual and all the information um, back in when I was doing life coaching. So that was back um, prior to Simon. So I think that was around between 2004 and 2005, just before I had Kiana. So I've got all that material. And then I've just found my Childbirth Magic ebook as well and all the content for that. Um, that the, some of the information there is really relevant and really powerful. So I feel that it may have a revisit after everything I've done that I can just go back and tweak it and do some editing and just bring it up to scratch to what I know now and have it a bit more levelled out so that it encompasses, you know, all aspects of, um, of you know, levels of information. So... Awesome. I love it. Great. You know, I'm not coming from a perspective where, um, you know, where it's all scientific. I did, you know, I did a lot of research and stuff. So there's a lot of, there were at the time, there were a lot of statistics, um, which is still relevant for today, you know, just talking about the high cesarean rate and, you know, what happens in hospitals for some women and, 
um, yeah, just things that women could look out for when they go into a hospital system and to, write, to ask all the right questions. So some of the information there was quite relevant. It's not too statistical and, and data-oriented. So it's just um, if I could level it out a little bit so it's a little bit more um, inclusive of all types of births and not doing a set-up for failure, which is what I felt like my first um, edition could have been, mm. you know. So, um, so yeah, so that will just... I'm just kind of sitting, having that sit there, bubbling away, and just I'll, I'll review that again. I'll mm. you know look through it. It's 144 pages, so it's wow. a big read. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Mm. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> How about the article? Favorite. Did you would you feel like sharing that on the podcast show notes at all? The um, interview which, you did which with one, Jane. Sorry? The interview you did with Jane. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I could um, definitely pull that up and that'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely could share that. Okay, so the beginning there's there's a lead in to the yeah. four seasons. How was it uh, with everything leading into that um, arriving for the first time? Did you feel that sense of like, yep, this is this is where I'm aligned, this is where I'm flowing, or what came up for you? Yeah, totally felt at home. It was really beautiful to be sitting in circle with women. It just, yeah, it, it's a sense of feeling at home and being amongst your tribe and that listening with your heart of your, you know, listening with the ears of your heart, which was something that Jane also taught us. So just holding full presence for um, each other was absolutely beautiful. And I also loved how sitting in circle that the circle is shaman. So sometimes you might forget to say something or, um or you hear your voice in another woman, another woman, that for me was really beautiful and really empowering. So to come into a circle was absolutely beautiful. And I did the Four Seasons journey on Jane's um, property, on her land. So that was absolutely amazing. She had a river or a lake running, not a lake, sorry, a um, creek running through. So um yeah, just starting to experience um, being with women and feeling comfortable in that um, because I hadn't really been in women's circles before. So that was a really beautiful experience to, to be amongst all of that. Yeah, and how was your prior experiences to being with women um, in terms of, you know, like what we deal with here on this level and this plane, the masculine and feminine, and, you know, when we ascend higher it's probably not a thing but, you know, dealing with our wounded masculine and our wounded feminine. Did any of that come up for you that um, of being with women and sitting with women in circle? Um. Just trying to think back. It's so long ago now. Um, so we talk a lot of, I think, yeah, you sorry. go. <laughs> you go. Um, yeah, I, like I, I think I felt okay. I, yeah, I, um, I felt very comfortable. It was a bit unknown. Um, you know, in my childhood, I always hung around with guys, you know, I had more male friends than I did uh, female or women friends. And I do have a lot of women friends now. Um, so that's established over time. But I guess it was a repatterning or, I mean, it definitely felt like I was at home. So it felt like I had been there and had done that type of thing before in another life, in many lifetimes. I have had um, some past life experiences um, where I've gone back in time and I've found myself in, you know, Roman baths and with, you know, other women and, um, yeah, being in circle or being in community with other women um, have definitely felt that. So coming into with um with Jane and the women I felt that sense of belonging and at home Mm, beautiful you were coming home Mm. Mm, and maybe that's it's you're still in your homecoming now you know it's flowed on ever since your first journey so you've really embraced that 
leading into becoming an apprentice, um, what was that like, you know, so finishing your four seasons and going through the processes and connecting to the sisterhood and the, the circle of women, coming out of that, were you just like, yeah, that's what I have to do. Like I, there's no, there's no other question about it to continue on. Um, so I, well, after coming out of the four seasons journey, it was the whole, the whole process, the whole year long journey is, um, absolutely epic and I absolutely love all the processes um, that happens throughout the year and all the different um, gatherings that we attend and for me one gathering builds on top of the next one and as now as an apprentice and being more of an observer um, that you can see how you build up a stamina muscle um, that leads you into the vision quest or the, it was called vision quest back in the back um, in my time but it's now called wilderness solo but each of the processes builds on top of each other to um, prepare you for your stamina for your wilderness solo and so you're building up that you know that stamina muscle and then you have the vision quest experience which of the wilderness solo experience which is just mind-blowing and, and just totally amazing. Mm. Can you tell us and a bit about that, what it was like for you to go through that for the first time? <laughs> so you've done it a few times now. Yeah, yeah, it, was, um, yeah it was such a beautiful um, – the, 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 the Wilderness Solo was pretty amazing. Getting up there was um, a little bit horrific. We had full-on torrential rain and we weren't on top of the mountain. Apparently now um, the Wilderness Solo is right on top of the mountain, whereas we were halfway down the mountain and we had the beautiful um, divine masculine, the, the beautiful men that look after us on that um, mountain to get us up there in their four-wheel drives. But when we arrived, it was just full-on windy and it was torrential rain and our cars were going sideways. We had Yvonne in the car with us with her baby and we weren't even sure whether we were going to make it up on top of the hill. So our vision quest had well and truly had started from the base of the mountain to get up halfway up the mountain. And um, so that was... Um, a bit scary and um, we were laughing at the same time and we're like looking at the edge of the mountain and we, are we going to be okay so we got up the mountain that was all fine and then yeah the process itself of you know finding um, finding where you're going to do your wilderness solo um, the whole thing of you know whether you're going to be close to base camp or not so close to base camp and how you're going to set up your tent and where you will be and how you will go without food and all those questions um, arise. I decided to um, cross the creek. I really wanted to be near water and there was a creek uh, where we were. So I set up shop on top of a rock, which wasn't very comfortable, but I was really close to the water and I could hear the water trickling, which was amazing. And I had another beautiful mermaid and um, friend and sister um, not too far away from me. She was up a little bit further so we could hear each other drumming. And I could see base camp. So for me, um, that was really lovely because I could, I was probably the closest and to hear the drumming um, and, you know, each night um, they would do the drumming for all the mermaids out on quest and um yeah so to be really close and to be able to hear that and you know even whispers coming through not that I could understand what they were saying because I was far far enough to not hear the words but I could hear them talking and going through their own processes so it was just really beautiful and reassuring um you know to be that close and yeah really had a beautiful profound experience and on the last night yeah just got nude and just drummed I was drumming and singing I actually activated my voice for the first time about 3 a.m in the morning I was like right I've really got to take action and really participate in this to get the most out of it so I got up at I don't know what time it was but um I had had slept a little bit and it felt like three o'clock ish I don't know 
Um, yeah, so it was like activating my voice and singing and that was the first time I'd really sung and used my voice and I was drumming and out in the cold in the nude with my gum boots on and my whistle <laughs> around my neck. So, uh, yeah, really sexy look, that's, that was for sure. Yeah, love and, it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was a really profound experience. It was one of the most profound um, things that I've done besides birth and some other things that I've done is probably one of the most profound because you are in a heightened state. You are communing with yourself. You are communing with the land. You are receiving the messages. Um, you're more of a vessel to receive and, you know, mis- yeah, receive and, and listen to the messages coming through um, because your mind has quietened down and your body has quietened down enough to be able to, to fully hear what needs to be heard. So, um, yeah, so that was my... Um, my vision quest and then coming back I remember just coming back and um, there was Sequoia and Kristen and Nim and Jane and I was just coming coming down the mountain and I just burst into tears you know they were there just waiting for us open arms that you know that beautiful midwife of to receive you and to welcome you home and to know that you're safe and you know they've always been there for you and the love just yeah just the everything the safety the nurturing it was just amazing so I I did burst into tears it's like oh my goodness thank you so much you know they took my backpack and oh it was just so lovely just to be welcomed and then there was a food afterwards which was really delicious as well yeah it's the best isn't it best yeah, well, we had we had roasted potato, um, not roast, was it roasted potatoes when you put them in the fire. Ah, oh, baked, like, yeah, like the baked potato, baked, yeah, 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 baked potato, oh. baked potatoes. Wow. And I got to my third potato, and then Nim <laughs> came up to me and um, she said, "Do you really?" Because there was mung soup as well, but I was just into the potatoes with lashings of butter. <laughs> and she said, "Oh, you really need an extra potato. You know, you've just come from Quest, you know." And I'm like, "Well." I don't know, like I really feel like it. I'm loving the butter. She said, well, is it the butter that you really want or is it the potato that you really want? I was like, oh, probably the butter. Yeah. I probably need the salt. <laughs> so I didn't go for that third potato. The potato was just the vessel <laughs> for the butter. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And yeah. now that you hold space for people coming back from our Vision Quest, uh, what's that like when you, that, that moment of arrival when you see people come back from their quest yeah it's just as emotional you know you know what you have that empathy and um that that sisterhood you know that understanding of where where they've been and what has occurred and yeah the the very first time that I got to experience the women coming back I was somewhat emotional you know but you're holding space and you you know you're the midwife and you've got to have your shit together um so you're just you know holding back the emotions but it's such a beautiful yeah so beautiful especially to see the first women coming through coming up the mountain um, because I, I, I did my first two years with NIM in the Otways in Victoria and Grace Funk and um, so for on Nim's land, the women have to come up the mountain to come back to base camp. So it's a bit of a trek, you know, you've done your, you know, your three nights at Wilderness Solo and then you have to come up through the Otways and come up the, you know, through the campsite and come up to base camp. So it's a, it's a bit of a challenge to, um, to come up the, you know, the mountain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, just mixed emotions it's beautiful it's emotional you're welcoming them you're holding space for them you're um you're just being of service you know you're not speaking too much unless they they would like to speak um so yeah it's a it's a really feminine holding space you just there's the safety container and you're just opening your heart and your arms and your love to them while they're approaching and, and just coming back to ground themselves and, and coming back to earth and offering a cup of tea and then slowly offering some food. And it's just such a beautiful, holding, feminine way. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You are listening to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast series with Ayla Myra. Reclaiming 
feminine knowledge and power. Is this what apprenticing has given you to? Is it what what's it been like for the past three years in terms of you know gifts and lessons from becoming apprentice and holding space for other people that you've gained in your life? Yeah, so for me, it's the understanding of you know, like I've really understood that I am here to be of service and just that midwifery, that midwife of transformation. Um, I know now that, um, you know, the school used to be called um, spiritual midwifery and, um, yeah, for various legality, you know, reasons that um, the school wasn't able to call themselves um, midwives because at at a hospital (laughs) or technical level, not professional midwives. But... I can't find another word to best represent it. You know, coming from a home birth experience where I've had um, two home birth midwives that are holding space, they, um, they're supporting, they're giving a little bit of guidance, they're just observing, they're listening, they're just making sure that the baby's coming through okay, they're not intervening too much, they're, if, you know, if they... If you need a little bit of a push, they'll come along and they'll just kind of recommend that you you know you have to push now or this is what needs to happen to help with the progression of your of your birth. Um, but there's not too much intervention unless it's absolutely required. And that's what Wilder Solo and all of the processes that Jane has, has put into place. That's what it's all about. So for me, that's what has been really evident for me. Um, I have been to another um, Wilderness Solo Vision Quest um, to support a sister, a dear friend and sister of mine who was doing a, um, a Vision Quest with a, another group of women um, that um, that run throughout the year. And I was a support person for that. And I found um, it's still a beautiful, it's the same outcome. You're still communing with, your, with yourself and communing with the land and receiving the messages you need to receive. Um, but in my opinion, there's a lot more focus on the grandfather fire and it's a little bit more masculine. Um, whereas Jane, I find, is a bit more of a midwifery model where you get to do all the processes, like you've got the structure of what needs to happen. So you need to birth a drum or you need to birth your power animal mask or you need to do your wilderness solo um, or you need to do your, you know, um, the the end of year presentation. Um, All of those different processes um, are focused on a midwifery care model where Jane or the teachers are holding space. We're given, you know, the, the... the women participating or the mermaids, they get the general structure of what needs to happen. But then in each of the process, they get to birth their own drum, their own mask, themselves at Wilderness Solo. And such as, so it's for me, my perspective is that it's a very feminine, um, it's a very feminine model and it's a very midwifery model. And I can't find another word. Like I've looked, you know, I'm calling myself a midwife of transformation for my own work. I can't find another word that matches midwifery because that's what happens in a midwifery situation. I've had the experience at a personal level and I see it in the processes that Jane has put together. So, um, yeah, this is it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a word, um, but when you're deeply connected to it, especially especially if it's ancestral roots or, um, you know, that red thread, it's... I, I feel the exact same. I can't think of anything of else that I'm already a midwife. Um, I don't need a certificate at university to work in a hospital to tell me that I am that because what we perceive it as is so different in this society is what it is, um, a midwife to be with women. And that's so many layers beyond that, beyond just birth. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Even doula, you know, yeah. I mean, I love doulas and, and their role and, and so on, but it just doesn't have the same, um, 
I mean, I guess they're doing, they are doing the same. They are holding space and, and you know, but um, midwifery is that kind of that next level of care. Mm. And, mm. yeah, and I, I just doesn't have the same ring, like doula of transformation as opposed to midwife of transformation. Mm. And also when I think of midwives, you know, back in the olden days, you know, they it was the women, or there would be a woman of the tribe or the women of the community or the town or, you know, who would be called upon to help um, the women in that community to, you know, to birth their babies. And essentially that's what we're doing here mm. is, you know. Yeah, because um, birth doesn't necessarily always just have to be a baby. You know, you birthed an evil yeah, after exactly. you birthed a baby and it was magic and it was needed for what, like like in birth, like Jane says, you know, you have the births that you need to show you what you need to show to where you need to go and um, to to midwife with people, like you said about Jane's model or the School of Shamanic Womancraft's model um, or the organism that it now is, is midwifery and it's holding space without pushing yourself. Um, you're being with, not on top of or not you know around it's just to be with and to hold that space and in that like in birth um because i'll just refer back to birth is safety um and when you're feeling safe then you you can tap into that feminine and that creation and the cyclic nature of the feminine too and you know the feminine's not always going to align with the same things all the time it's forever changing and cycling we we birth and death every month um absolutely so yeah it's pretty epic when you really feel into the the processes like you said um the midwifery model and what it what a midwife is I feel like it's like this thing and it comes up for me all the time it's like um let's change what we perceive midwife to be because when you say midwife you just see straight away a hospital and a person working in the hospital assisting people through pregnancy and birth. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I've done lots of other <clears throat> different practices as well. You know, I've done plant medicines before and I've um, set in other types of meditation and even doing Vipassana. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, yeah. um, the 10-day the meditation. And in, even in those situations, though the people there, whether it's um, men or women, are midwifing. You know, when I've done plant medicines, for example, <clears throat> there's men holding space, um, you know, in the circle. And, <clears throat> excuse me, after, um, after, you know, you're, you know, meditating and communing communing with the plants and all that sort of thing I've come back out and I've I've you know with gratitude I've said thank you so much for holding space and for, for being the midwife of my transformation so I've even called you know I've even said to the men you know because it is that holding of space and it is the person to allow them to, themselves to go through their own journey and the midwife or the person holding the space is being of witness, you know, all the things that I mentioned before, you know, being of witness and, and holding a space and supporting or giving a little nudge or um, having a conversation if you're a little bit stuck, all those sort of things that a midwife does. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that just opens up so many layers of exactly what that is too because whatever space you're in, if you're feeling safe to ascend, the midwife looks after your physical body, right? If you're in birth, you're ascending to some other dimension a lot of the times. You know, you're out of there. But you've got to feel safe enough to yeah, drop your armour and get out of there. The same as yes. if you're sitting in plant medicine circle. You've got to feel safe enough that you can drop that body armour and ascend into those places Absolutely. where you can get all the messages because the midwives are there. Hey, we've you know, like we're looking after the physical body. Um, yeah. So you can do Definitely. what you need to do, which yeah, yeah is exactly. And that's what all yeah, and that's what all these processes do. That's you it. know, yeah. all, yep. Um, Jane's work and the other you know the other vision quest that I attended and the plant medicine. It is that creating safe space, creating a you know the safe container for transformation to be you know for transformation to occur. So. 
it's uh, absolutely essential. Yes, and that's what a midwife, that's midwife, midwife. I, yeah, I can't yeah. think of another word either. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when I did the interview with Sarah Buckley, you know, she talks about, you know, birth and, you know, there's a hormonal orchestration that happens between the baby and the mother that they, you know, science still can't understand what actually prompts I mean maybe now they do you know that interview happened back in 2008 so there might be more research now what that or hormonal orchestration happens for you know that baby to start the contractions and mm. you know to go through that um they still don't know process. <laughs> still ground zero right? yeah um i remember um sarah saying that you know to to birth your baby you have to be um in a safe environment and you know so it's a similar environment um to be able to have sexual intercourse and to be able to have an orgasm or it's the same type of environment to be able to do a you know go to the toilet and um, do a wee or a do a poo you know like if I tried to do a poo and there were lots of people staring at me there's no chance that I'd be able to go to the toilet and do anything like that mm. you know the same if like if I was you know having sex with my partner and having an orgasm and I had a whole heap of people watching me that's not my gig um, you know it would be a really challenging thing to do and so birth is exactly the same you know you want to have that safe nurturing container and environment to be able to allow that whole natural birth process to occur to um to allow the baby to come through as easily and you know with nurturing and love um, and as easy as possible um, I know that doesn't always happen but that's the environment um that you you know ideally you would like to create um, to have a natural birth. Yeah, I mean, and that's where it is too for whatever the birth is. If you're in a safe space, and I've worked with women as a doula and as a student midwife in the hospital system, and I've seen the vast yeah. difference of uh, a woman that even though the outcome ended up in, say, a cesarean or, uh, you know, an epidural, like not what they wanted or they didn't know that they want, they still felt safe and held. And so yeah, exactly. it, it, it wasn't as traumatic. It wasn't, you know, there was no uh, unresolved wounding or anything attached to it. It was like, all right, well, I went through this process and I was present with it. I was informed. I was, I was midwifed properly. Through it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's, that's the key, isn't it? And again, like going back to circle with women, um, it's opening up to all this potential of women's mysteries that we are missing out on so much. And yeah. it's like when I listened to on uh, Jane Hardwick Collins' Instagram, I've uploaded the, uh, uh, the book launch for About Bloody Time, which is by the Victorian yeah. Women's Trust, which is an epic, great book, amazing. And I know that uh, Karen, uh, I can't remember the exact, statistic but it was like 95.9% or something of the time as a menstruating woman woman uh 95.9% of that time um evolves into a menstruation into a bleed and so where why are we so detached from that and it just was like that big aha moment for me it's like yeah like look at every time we bleed we're missing out we are potentially missing out on so much opportunity wisdom understanding safety mystery um from that yeah absolutely yeah and it just all comes back to that it's like birth death life it's just you know the same with the death process um feeling safe to die yes exactly happen all the time of course um yeah I mean there's so many, yeah so many different processes that we go through you know um or an experience and it it does all come back down to safety and you know and that safe you know feeling that safe container that um yeah you can let yourself go and surrender and let your guard down or um melt into it you know these are some of the you know or just yeah surrender into whatever is the next is the next thing that needs to happen. And, yeah, death is part of that as well. And so 
how does it feel for you being an apprentice? Like, you know, I, I just love these conversations because it just activates <laughs> me so much. And, you know, for you, you're, you're stepping into this. I love how you described it, you know, the midwifery model um, of going through the four seasons or eight seasons at the school or any of the teachings, uh, how important it is. And how does it feel? You know, you know, this is what you're stepping into. Like this is the space that you're holding. Must yeah, <laughs> it's just mind blowing. Yeah, I well, I absolutely love it. Which um, yeah, you know, for me to continue the work and you know to do the three year apprenticeship is you know because not all women continue on to do the apprenticeship, but I you know I'm someone. My nature is someone of service. You know, I'm always helping people. I you know always giving advice to people or, you know, sharing my stories and, you know, having an impact on family members or friends or larger communities. So it's just in my nature to be like that. So, um, yeah. Because um, you're a midwife. <laughs> yeah, I'm a midwife, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't want to... Um, yeah, I didn't want to become a midwife per se, as like as a as a um, as a profession, but I do love the transformation process. And yeah, back before I had children, I was a life coach. So again, you know, helping people, um, you know, be that bridge for people's transformation. You know, to look at where their current lifestyle is, and then moving or helping them, you know, transform into their preferred lifestyle. So. Um, yeah, so it's it's always been in my nature um, to be of service for people, and so this is just um, another arm, you know, and it's giving me some, you know, lots of tools and lots of knowledge and wisdom and information of, you know, a way to hold space for people, um, which I absolutely love, and yeah, so here I am. Oh, thank you. And so I like to wrap it up always on the podcast and uh, I've had a lot of wisdom from you, uh, but I like to ask if anyone was listening that was considering the journey or, you know, considering, um, you know, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, then you're considering a lot of things about self. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what wisdom would you offer to those people that were sort of like, mm, what's this all about or maybe maybe not mm. it's definitely a journey of self-inquiry I've always you know for me I've been on I feel like I've been on a lifelong quest you know from the age of 30 onwards I've been on this lifelong quest to find myself and to understand myself at a much deeper level and the four seasons journey definitely um, was a big part of that a big part of understanding of who I am and what my journey is and who, yeah, who I am moving forward in life a big part of that was understanding that I am enough that I am woman that I cycle, that I have the, you know, the, the birth, death, rebirth cycle every month um, in, my, in my cycles and in my life cycle. So it's a really, it's a, it's a journey within going, you know, looking within yourself and also understanding that I am love. You know, I've done full circle with, you know, various processes and so forth to understand that I am love. And for me, that's that's what my journey has been about is coming home to myself and then coming home within family and coming home within community. So, yeah, it's a really empowering process and it can be gentle but it can also be challenging um, and each person's or each woman's journey will be their own whatever their quest is, whatever they, they're seeking to know or whatever they're seeking to heal within themselves, they will find that through the Four Seasons journey. Mm, yeah. Thank you. So much gratitude and thank you for 
joining us on the podcast. I really love where we led into. Thank you so much for having me. Mm. Did you want to shout out any of your links or uh, to your work? Yeah, Yeah, that would be amazing. So at the moment I've just got Instagram happening, which is mara.dower. And I'm working with Avalon Darnish at the moment, um, doing some mentoring with her just to build my uh, website and my upcoming offerings. So some of the things I will be doing will be like drum making uh, workshops. I've got a winter retreat coming up, not a retreat, but it's a, a winter session of just slowing down and coming into deep rest because we're in winter and it's a time for hibernation. Mm. So that's coming up on the 21st of July, I believe. And moving forward into the future, I feel like I will be um, hosting or holding space for people who'd like to do a vision quest but may not want to do a year-long Four Seasons journey. I'd like to do Four Seasons journey somewhere down the track, so that's probably in a couple of years' time. But um, I foresee holding space um, for women to um, if they want to do a, like a, a one-on-one life coaching session or a you know, midwife of transformation and taking them out on a wilderness solo. Um, so they might not want to do a year-long journey per se but would like to um, do a wilderness solo so that they can commune with themselves and commune with the land and, you know, receive any messages that they, they need to, you know, take them to their next level. And I would like to, you know, be that midwife of transformation and hold space for people. So it might be one-on-one and or um, maybe even in small groups. So that's what mm. I'd like to be doing moving forward um, potentially next year. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for your offerings. And it's mara.dower.dower on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be my website as well. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure and an honour to be part of this. It's just amazing. And your recordings and all your podcasts are just so fantastic. And just to have different pieces of the puzzle, you know, of what happens with the School of Shamanic Women Craft and, um, and the Four Seasons journey. It's fantastic. Mm. <laughs> For more information on today's inner review, with photos and how to connect, head over to schoolofshamanicwomancraft.com forward slash media forward slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.